This is The Rooted Podcast, a conversation about the Christian worldview and its implications for every part of life. The Rooted Podcast is hosted by Steve Royce and Brady Johnson. Together, they have over two decades of experience in the business and tech industries and share a desire to help others filter all of life through the Christian faith. Hi, and thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Brady. And on this episode, we're going to be continuing our discussion of some common barriers to sharing our faith and how to overcome them. This is part two of a multi-episode topic, so if you haven't listened to the first part, we'd recommend that you go back and check that first one out. Uh, Also, we are officially syndicated on Google Podcasts and iTunes, so again, if you could be so kind, just uh, leave us a review, and uh, that'll help us out a lot. Yeah, for sure. So before we dive in, I just wanted to take a moment and thank everyone who has listened to our first couple episodes. It really means a lot to us, both of us, and everyone has been so encouraging. So we're, we're excited. We're encouraged, but we also received some constructive criticism, which is always good and welcome. And really just on two things in particular. And I just want to say we were both aware of both of these things actually before anyone told us about them, but because you will probably have noticed them in our first two episodes. I just wanted to kind of, we wanted to take a moment and just clear the air, talk about the two issues. And one of them was Brady's mic quality in the first two episodes. And the other was one of the comments that we got a lot of. And I personally agree is that why isn't Brady talking more? Why where's Brady in these episodes? What you may not know is that actually both of those issues are related, actually. So uh, since they were happening to Brady, I'm going to turn it over to Brady for just a minute to kind of share what was going on. Yeah, so uh, we're recording in the same vicinity, and uh, the microphone that I had did not have basically a live monitoring. And so what that did is it actually caused a voice doubling effect there was effectively a speech jammer. And if you've never heard of a speech jammer before, there's about a million apps that you can download to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what it does is it delays your voice just enough to trick your brain to prevent you from speaking like a normal human. <laughs> and uh, that's effectively what was happening. I was getting my own voice back into my headphones that caused me to barely be sound of mind. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and part of the issue was that that also had an effect on the audio settings that we were running for the two different mics that we had. So we have gotten a different mic for Brady. It's actually the same one. We're using the same mic now with the same settings. And uh, we think we think it's a vast improvement. First of all, Brady's not going crazy. Uh, I mean, it was like physically uncomfortable for him to speak. And so now that we're over that hurdle, I think you're going to be getting a lot more Brady. And the audio quality... I, we think is also going to be vastly improved. So thanks for bearing with us as we're figuring that stuff out on the fly, because I mean, you just don't know what you don't know until you're dealing with it. So anyway, didn't want to spend too much more time on that, but onward and upward, I guess. So let's do a brief recap of the last episode and I'll just jump in. The first thing that we looked at was 
this Barna study in a little bit more uh, depth and just this, this data that shows that there is this pretty significant gap between the number of Christians who say that sharing their faith is important and those who, you know, are actually, actually sharing their faith, actually doing something about it. Yeah. And so, you know, we have several reasons, you know, that we're looking at here. So the primary one, uh, I think was fear, fear of something, right. That could be anything from uh, rejection, the loss of a relationship could just be that awkward feeling that we talked about uh, or someone that could appear to be judging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and all those are legitimate reasons to an extent that we would be afraid of. Well, at least they're legitimate and obvious fears. But one of the things that we talked about is that when you, when you take a closer look, you know, those, those fears really are kind of baseless because I mean, we should expect to a certain extent to be persecuted, to have potential consequences in today's climate and culture it, because it's not the world's approval that we're, we're living for. And I mean, honestly, it's not the world's approval we're going to get, right? They're not going to, they're not going to understand. But if, if we really believe that we have to, to put it this way, the capital T truth, then the question just kind of boils down to this. Is there any reason that's good enough justification for not engaging in a spiritual conversation with with people when we have the opportunity uh, to do so. And, you know, we shared a couple examples, but I think the best way to distill it is just think of it this way. What do you personally have to lose if you open your mouth and you say something again, when you get a legitimate opportunity and we talked about what that is, you could be laughed at, you could be mocked. You might have some personal relationship consequences, but on the alternative, what do they have to lose if you don't say something? And again, if we believe that this is of eternal importance, well, what they have to lose is way, way more than what's at stake for you. Yeah. And exactly. so, yeah, when you frame it that way, it just, it just doesn't pencil to allow those fears to keep us from, from talking about this stuff. Yeah. And I think that part's huge. I think that really resonated with me. Yeah. And we, we have two uh, additional barriers that we're going to go over in today's episode. And, you know, and these are the ones that I think you know, also can help or can cause uh, Christians and prevent them from sharing what they believe. Yeah. So the first one that we're going to look at today is it's actually our second barrier, but our first one of this episode. And it is that one of the reasons that we don't share our faith is that we as Christians don't know what we believe. I mean, we don't know our own basic Christian doctrine. And so we're switching gears because we've been looking at Barna data thus far, but there's a Lifeway research that was conducted just last year in 2019 on, you know, professing Christians, specifically Protestants and churchgoers. And what they found was, was kind of, kind of gross to be honest. So they found in their study that 12% of Protestant churchgoers said that they rarely or never read their Bibles, which is really shocking. Like that's, that's a lot. But on top of it, there was another 5% in addition to that 12% that said that they read their Bible once a month. So when you put that together, you've got 17%. That's like almost one in five 
Protestant Christians, churchgoers, who admit that they read their Bible once a month or less. I mean, and it's going to be pretty hard to have a firm grasp on what the Bible teaches if you're not reading it. And we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But in 2016, a little bit older, Lifeway Research did a different study on Americans in general, and they found a few things. So <clears throat> the way that they do their research is they put out uh, statements and they ask people whether they agree with them or not. So in this particular study, this is kind of the, the way that it's structured. So 60% of Americans in general agree that heaven is a place where all people will ultimately be re reunited with their loved ones. That means 60% of Americans, six in 10 Americans believe that everybody goes to heaven because how else would all people be reunited with their loved ones, right? So everybody goes to heaven. 52% of Americans agree that by the good deeds I do, I partly contribute to earning my place in heaven. So we've got a works-based, you know, some sort of merit-based salvation there. And 52% also agreed with uh, the statement. They said that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. So we've got some Arianism, like super old heresy from the, the very first centuries of the church coming back. And then 56% of Americans in general say that the Holy Spirit is a force rather than a person. So we've got ancient heresies and we've got Star Wars <laughs> all coming around. But the point being is that Americans in general really have bad theology. Now, that's not a big deal. You know, normally we would say, well, who cares what Americans in general believe about Christian theology, except for the fact that most of them say that they are Christians. They're just not well-informed ones, right? And even if they're nominal Christians, let's look. So what about evangelicals specifically? Right? They're supposed to know their Bibles better because of what they say they believe and what we, what we hold to as, you know, foundational principles. Well, you remember how 60%, six in 10 of the just general Americans thought that everyone goes to heaven. What do you think it is for evangelicals, Brady? Well, I know the answer, but uh, I think my original thought would be something like 30%. Yeah. We talked about this before, I think, and you, you guessed 30%, <clears throat> which is what you, I mean, that's, you don't want it to be anything, but the, the really sad part is it's actually higher. 64% of Just evangelicals friends. surveyed said, yeah, a heaven's a place where everyone's going to be reunited with their loved ones. And it's like, wait, two out of three evangelicals think everyone goes to heaven. But what's also weird is that those same evangelicals hold that hell is real and it's where those who don't trust in Jesus as their savior will ultimately go. And they also further hold that trusting in Jesus as your savior is necessary to enter heaven. So we're in this really weird spot, right? Because two out of three evangelicals would say, yeah, everybody, everybody goes to heaven except hell is real. And the people who don't believe in Jesus go there and believing in Jesus is necessary. So does everyone go to heaven or, or don't they? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because, you know, we can't get our own story straight as Christians. You know, if we claim to be Christians and we contradict ourselves from, from one side to the other, you know, it's no wonder that everybody else gets confused. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to have spiritual conversations with people who aren't Christians and don't claim to be when we we can't correct them on 
what they have right and what they don't. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you look at statistics like this, you know, yeah, it's no wonder there are numbers to even tell us that we can't get our own record straight. So, well, that, that kind of moves us into the overcoming part, which I think is the hopeful aspect of this is, you know, some of these things, they, they may not be sexy, you know, but they really are the basics, right? First and foremost, get straight Bible in you, however you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, reading from a physical Bible, reading it from a digital device like your phone or tablet, just listening to the Bible be narrated to you. Yeah, have you ever done that, by the way? Like, I know that you guys, we both have Bible apps on our phones. Have you ever used the audio Bibles that they have? Oh, all the time. And it's, it's easy because you just hit the play button within the passage and it'll just read however much you have selected. Yeah. I mean, and I know it's not necessarily, a, a, we don't necessarily think highly of like multitasking while you're reading the Bible, but if you're driving or on your way to work or commuting or whatever, or working out, you can, you can pop headphones in or, or Bluetooth it to your car speakers and you can listen to the Bible while you're doing other things. And yeah, your concentration might not be as high. Your focus might not be as high, but you're getting the Bible in you. Like, you know, the, the, the words, the verses, like the ideas and concepts in scripture are still floating around in between your ears. And that's more than, more than, some of us would do otherwise. Right. So anything is better than nothing. Even if it's not as good as it could be, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, we shouldn't do it. Right. I mean, it is essentially the, the diet and exercise of our spiritual growth. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes to hear that. That's what the answer is, <laughs> but that's what the answer is. Right. So what else can we do? Oh, I think, you know, just consuming good biblical teaching uh, about the Bible, go to church. Yeah. Go to church people. Uh, you know, listen to podcasts from, you know, biblically conservative evangelical teachers, right? Reading books about the Bible from those same teachers. Yeah. And I mean, we know that that is, that doesn't replace just reading the Bible. It's a, it's an addition to, and that's kind of a big deal to say is like, totally listen to podcasts, listen to sermons, but don't let someone else teaching you about the Bible replace just reading it for yourself. Like get the teaching and other pers- other people's interpretations after you've read it for yourself, like the Bereans in that way. Yeah. And also, I mean, I mean, this is how you and I met Steve is, you know, commit yourself to a small group. You have actual spiritual conversations, get an opportunity to hold each other accountable for staying in plugged into the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a consistent regimen of, of just digging into the Bible and, you know, we got to you know, personally grow together through that process. Yeah. And and I would just add one note about that. It, one caveat. It, and this is sort of a pet peeve of mine. And we've had conversations about this where I, I don't know, I'm not the only one, but I feel really, really strongly that if you're going to be in a small group and you should be, you, you should be meeting with some people to do life together with outside of just normal church times. But if you're going to do that, please, please, please make sure that at least one of the people in your small group has some sort of training, some sort of training, whether that's Bible college or even just a a Bible certificate or or theology or, or something, because 
so many small groups out there are just mutual ignorance to be, to be completely frank, where it's just the blind leading the blind and everyone reads a passage. And I've been part of small groups like that back when I was in college where everyone reads a passage and then everyone just kind of looks around at each other and someone says, so what does it mean to you? And the truth is nobody in that room has any idea where to even begin, right? So you do need, even in a small group, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have someone who's equipped and trained to be some sort of teacher or leader, even just to facilitate discussion. But don't make it the, what does it mean to you, kumbaya circle. Like that's not going to help anybody. (laughs) So try and do better than that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think that, you know, does a good job of covering, you know, how we approach when we don't know what we believe, some really good practical ways that we can learn more about what we need to know as Christians. The simple Mm -hmm. reading the Bible, again, as I said, the exercise and a good diet can go a long way for your body. Just digging into the Bible is going to be what's important for you. And, you know, there are multiple ways that you can get God's word into your life. So, you know, that moves us into, you know, the third barrier, kind of our final barrier, you know, for this topic. Yeah. So we talked a little bit just now about not knowing what we believe and how that can be a huge barrier to sharing our faith, which I mean, seems really obvious when you say it out loud, but it's true. But there's another barrier that's sort of related, and it's when we don't know what uh, they believe, right? Whether it's a different worldview or a different religion, or maybe they're not religious at all, but there are two types of like, what if questions that people can get paralyzed by when it comes to not feeling fully prepared to talk with someone, especially if you don't happen to know them super well already. And they're, they're sort of interrelated, but they're, they're different enough that they sort of warrant talking about both of them. So the first, the first, what if question would be, you know, I don't know everything there is to know about this person's worldview or their beliefs. And so what if I say something offensive or what if I ask a dumb question or, and this is a trap we can fall into sometimes too. What if I talk about something that I think that they believe, but then it turns out that they don't actually believe that. And to, to give like one example, it, if someone is a Hindu for, for, for instance, there is so much variation within the belief systems of the Hindu worldview, so much variation. It would be a mistake to make pretty much any assumption about what that person believes because you read about Hinduism in a book. Although you should read about it before you have the conversation and we'll get to that in a minute, but it's so much better to just ask. So I know that this is part of the big, you know, worldview that you happen to hold, but, but do you believe that, you know, and asking questions like that, just get to know what they believe. And so that's one of the what ifs that can hold us back is making assumptions or or being afraid of making assumptions. But a second, what if would be something along the lines of, you know, I'm not ready to talk with this person because they're a real, they're a real intellectual type. And I just, I just know that I'm not going to have all the answers. They're going to try and throw me a zinger or a curveball question and they're going to trip me up, you know? And because I'm afraid of that, I'm, whether it's to avoid embarrassment or 
to, uh, I don't want to appear like I don't have all the answers. I'm just going to avoid the whole conversation. And, and that's a mistake because there's things we can do to, to, to work around that as well. But those are, those are two big areas that in, the, in this barrier of not knowing what they believe that can sort of keep us out of the conversation. But the, the thing, the point is, is that neither of those have to. So we have some, some strategies for dealing with this as well. And the first one, and this again, seems kind of maybe silly, but the first question we need to ask is, is this conversation that you're going to have with this person, is it like imminent? Is it happening like tomorrow at lunch or something like that? If it's a meeting between you and this other person and it's on the calendar, then yeah, maybe that's one thing. But in a lot of times it's not, you know, it's just, we know that that conversation is out there potentially somewhere. And if it's not, if there's not a firm date or a firm meeting that's already planned, then you have time to study up. And if you know what they believe or what their religion or worldview is, generally speaking, then, I mean, the first thing to do, honestly, buy some books. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there for how to share the gospel and have spiritual conversations with literally every perspective that someone could possibly hold. So if you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed, uh, you could even shoot us a line, you know, uh, send us a note at podcast at rooted.productions and you can give us some specific details of your situation. And if, if we're able uh, I mean, we'd love to help and even make some book recommendations, but in general, uh, there are, there's some good ones. I mean, the, the most general one I can think of in terms of worldviews and it's, it's been around for forever. It's been updated a few times, but it is called the universe next door by James Sire S I R E. And it's been sort of the standard textbook in Bible colleges and seminaries on worldview surveys, but it's just a great, it's not super academic. It's a great survey though, of all the different major worldviews out there. And another thing that you can do is in addition to getting books and resources for yourself, you can listen to others who have already had these conversations. There are a lot of, of folks out there who have had and are having conversations with the very same kinds of people that you may be praying about or even in the midst of having conversations with. And honestly, it, it's kind of foolish not to take advantage of the resources that they've made available. And I'll just give you three. There are all kinds of websites and resources you can go to. But for instance, uh, one would be Frank Turek at Cross-Examined is the name of his his website. He's done debates, he's written books, he's done podcasts, all that stuff, but he has done a lot of work on the historicity of the resurrection, but he's he's just a great apologist in general. So check him out. Uh, J. Warner Wallace, who wrote Cold Case Christianity and uh, lots of other stuff, Forensic Faith, he has a load of podcasts on his website. So if you go to Cold Case Christianity or you search J. Warner Wallace, He'll, it'll come up. And we, this is actually something that we went through, uh, in our small group, you know, a few years ago, and it was just really helpful at, at helping build a foundation. So again, even if, 
even if you're in a small group and none of you are trained, then don't any of you feel the pressure to teach, get a resource like one from one of these guys and use it, let you go through it that way. And then the last one would be Greg Kokel at his, his website, uh, stand to reason, his ministry stand to reason. The website is called STR and I think dot, dot org, but, uh, Greg Kokel at stand to reason. He's again done, had so many conversations and he's just a, he's just a master at navigating conversations. So there's a lot more, but if you're interested in resources, those three should get you well on your way to finding something that's going to, going to help you and resonate with you. If this sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> that's cause it is, I mean, just full disclosure, this is, it is work to, to read, to study, to, I mean, even spend and invest, you know, financial resources into getting books and more information and, and spending hours of your time reading and listening. But like we said before, I mean, is this a person's soul that we're talking about? Uh, don't you think it's worth some, some time and, and a little bit of money to invest in having this conversation with them? I mean, uh, we're talking about a couple books and some hours of your free time. I don't know how you make the case that that's more valuable <laughs> than the impact that it might have on this person. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, what else, Brady, what else, what else yeah, can I we mean, do? I mean, the big one too is, you know, if it feels forced, it's probably because it is, you know, not every situation that you're in um, is going to be prime time or ripe for a, you know, a discussion. Um, so you don't want to try and take every opportunity and try and shoehorn in the gospel you know, as a full on presentation, you know, you don't have a quota that you're trying to hit, um, in order to check off your, your Christianity checklist for the day. You know, I think rather it's, you know, it's more that you're looking for those opportunities. And, you know, Steve, you were telling me a little bit about, uh, an example that you had of, you know, looking for those opportunities that the Holy Spirit, you know, provides you of uh, the timing. That's the thing is we're all about you looking for opportunities. We want to help you do that and be a resource so that you will do that. But part of what needs to be said out loud too, is that part of this equation is asking yourself and, and listening to the Holy spirit of, is this actually the right time to share? And I had an example of that at a uh, lunch. I'm going to be super vague on purpose, but I was at a lunch, a corporate lunch years ago. And there were several of us sitting around the table and we were talking about all kinds of different things. And I think at one point something came up in the conversation about something that someone had done. It might've been a religiously motivated terror attack, something like that, some kind of religious fanatic who'd done something to, to hurt people. And in the conversation with these uh, other folks who uh, neither of them are, are believers, you know, we were talking about how, man, I can't believe that someone would do that or that, that someone would that someone's beliefs would lead them to, to, to think that doing stuff like that is okay. And kind of out of the blue, one of these other, these other folks that I was with made this offhanded comment about, you know, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous that these folks believe it, but I mean, don't forget some people believe that a guy came back from the dead and then he looked at me <laughs> and I was like, Oh geez, <laughs> like that's not that's super subtle. Right. And I just remember in that moment, praying and asking 
God to, you know, like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. And I felt in that moment, very strongly from the Holy spirit that I wasn't supposed to say anything to just, just let it go, let it roll off and just don't engage. Right. And that's not because I felt any fear in that moment. It's just because I felt very, very strongly that nothing was going to be gained from pushing back and engaging in that conversation in that moment. And, you know, since then I've actually had an opportunity to have some passing pseudo spiritual conversations with that same person. And I'm not really sure if I would have had those opportunities, you know, had I, had I made it a, a point to really uh, dig my heels in, in that moment and, and sort of defend what I believe. So that's just part of it. And, and part of it, you know, directly connected to that is sort of this other point of just this idea of playing the long game. And what I mean by that is unless you know that you're never going to see this particular person again, you know, there really isn't much to be gained by taking a super aggressive approach as opposed to, you know, just a slow and steady method. And in fact, there was a different Barna survey where they ranked the methods that people would use in having spiritual conversations with others. And the people that they were talking to and asking to rank these were people who identified themselves as open to spiritual conversations. And so the questions were, so if you're open to spiritual conversation, how do you prefer to be engaged in those conversations? And what's really interesting is across all the different groups and the way that they broke it down, universally, the lowest ranked method across all categories of people was street witnessing. It was just, you know, coming up off the street with a random stranger and, and out of the blue, cold, engaging in conversation with no relationship. So that means, generally speaking, without a pre-existing relationship, it's going to be hard going. It just is. And that should tell us that we ought to be focusing on building relationships and trying to display the kind of Christian life that's going to help us establish those relationships and to sort of establish a relation, a, a reputation that is going to precede us and help us when the time comes to have those conversations. And, I mean, and don't forget that the decision to follow Jesus, it's, it's a big one. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. In fact, it's the most important decision that a person can ever make. And for many people, what the, the research and the data that's out there says is, and a lot of us have experienced this ourselves, it takes years of exposure to, you know, quote unquote, good Christians and to give you proper perspective on the, the quote unquote, bad ones and multiple exposures to the gospel before most people are going to make that decision. It's going to tip them in favor. And you don't know at any given moment, unless you really know this person well, you don't know where you are in that process. And I mean, frankly, it's a little arrogant to think that you can overcome all of that uh, inertia in one conversation because you don't know where you you fit in. You could be the very first touch point. And so you just, you just don't know. And that's why it's important to try and take time and build those relationships organically. And that could be, that could be 
just day in and day out being consistent in your uh, your actions and your language and things like that at work. It could be taking the time to, you know, go out and actually knock on neighbors' doors and and have them over for a barbecue or you know and just say, hey, we're getting together and anyone on our street who wants to come, you can come. No agenda. We just want to we just want to hang out and get together. And even in that it might be it might be years before you actually get an opportunity to have a spiritual conversation with one of those folks but you would have never had any conversation with them if you didn't take the lead to just try and build relationships right and so that's going to be a topic for a future episode as well is just relationship building and how to how to go about that but that's one practical example anyway of just thinking more long term about the impact that you could have and Combining that with some of the other stuff we've talked about, about lowering your standard for what you're, what you need to accomplish in any given uh, conversation. And when you put those two together, you know, a long-term goal and thinking and baby steps in what you're trying to accomplish at any given moment, it really can change how you approach uh, and think about witnessing and what it even means to, to, to do witnessing. So we've looked at three barriers over the last two episodes, fear, uh, not knowing what we believe as Christians and not knowing what they believe, whoever they are. And there are definitely barriers out there, but I think you'd agree, Brady, like none of them are good enough that they can really justify us not pursuing these, these conversations. Yeah, exactly. No matter how common they might be. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we have several different topics that we'd like to get into, as Steve alluded towards, you know, in upcoming episodes. Uh, but if you have a question or topic that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, you know, whether it's Bible questions or apologetics um, or anything that's ongoing in a current spiritual conversation that you're having with with someone, uh, feel free to email us. Again, our email is at podcast at rooted.productions. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Rooted Podcast, a creation of Rooted Productions and an affiliate of the Oasis Church in Gilbert, Arizona. For more information about the podcast or to submit a question or comment, please visit us at rooted.productions. Follow us on Instagram at rooted.productions or email podcast at rooted.productions. That's rooted.productions. We hope you'll join us next time.